Last week we celebrated, as Pastor Sean said, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the assurance of eternal life we have as a result of Christ's work. We get that assurance of eternal life because Christ came to bridge the gap between us and God. That our, our, our life, our way of thinking, our actions, our sins, they separate us from God. And, and God took the first step out of love for us to bridge that gap. And that was expressed through and the work was done through Jesus Christ. So we celebrated that last week as, hey, we are now reconciled back to God. We say his work not only prepares us for death, this assurance of eternal life, like, hey, I'm not worried about death because I know where I'm going. Uh, that it also prepares us to live, not only to die. And so I want to talk today about what do I mean by that. We're going to start a series here called Becoming Your Calling. And a calling is simply this. It's the invitation of God on your life. How you live, what you do, those kinds of things. Um, the missionaries responded to a calling of God to go to Bolivia and learn sign language and minister to the Bolivian deaf. But God is inviting every single person. He's calling them to a life in Him. And what does that mean? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, the he is gender neutral, it's he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Paul states here that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Now, he's not, it's not a suggestion. He's not saying if you're in Christ, you should be a new creation. Or he's not saying if you are in Christ, you could be a new creation. He says if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You see, he's stating a fact. He's stating the fact that the old things have passed away. And what do we mean by passed away? We don't mean they're just in the rearview mirror. When, when we say passed away, we mean that they've perished. Uh, they are rendered void. They are disregarded. They're not in the calculation anymore. They're, they're, they're dead and buried. So, what does that mean? It means it no longer matters who you were. It no longer matters what you did. Your old feelings, your desires, your old desires, your impulses, your ways of thinking, your patterns of behavior, all of these things are past. They're behind, they're dead, they're disregarded, they're not used against you, they're not part of the calculation. They don't matter anymore. They're gone. They're voided. These things are in the past and dead. The old things have passed away. And then he says the new has begun. This means the new has emerged. It has come into being. It's, it's sprung up. Uh, last, and you, I don't know if you can see it in the background, but last week in the end of the video, it showed this pile of ash and this new... Uh, new plant growing up out of the ash. That's the, that's the concept that just, it's new has begun. It has sprung forth. This means new ways of thinking, new desires, new opportunities, new patterns of behaviors, a freedom from bondage, freedom from, 
fear, addictions, fear from endless striving. It's just, it's a new life, a new way to look at things. I mean, how many of us, at some point in our life, wished we could just have a clean slate? Just start over, right? Like, like let's just back the dump truck up, dump all the past stuff in a pit somewhere, and just start new. Hit the reset button. Whether that's at your, your job or your career, like, man, I wish I had never started this career, right? Or I wish I could just start over at work. I made some really boneheaded decisions, and now, you know, I'm, I'm where I shouldn't be. Or maybe in a relationship, you're like, geez, if I, I wish I could start over. I wish I never dated so-and-so. I wish I never got involved here. I wish I never, right, just start over. Or just life in general. Like, man, I, I've had a bad whatever with life, or or there's been a lot of stupid stuff, bad decisions I've made. I just, could I just hit a reset button and start over? This is what Paul is stating is possible in Christ. Starting new. The old is behind you. The new is in front of you. It's the reset button in Christ. Now, I know you think to yourself, well, how is this possible? How is it possible to just have a clean slate and start over? Here's the key words in this verse. If anyone is in Christ, that's the qualifier. It, he's not writing to just everybody. He's saying this is available to everyone. It's not just a select few, but it's available to everybody who desires or who places themselves in Christ. And that's the key component. Uh, component. If anyone who's in Christ... Let me explain it to you uh, using Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the pattern and the ways of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So just... The spirit, the uh, evil, the, the devil, the, um, the prince of the air. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So you get this picture of who we were. We just lived to please ourselves, um, lived to do whatever we want. Our mindset, our pattern of thinking was maybe uh, uh, focused on us or, or just things that just led to chaos and craziness. And we've all been there because out of that mindset, we've made terrible decisions in our life. We've done terrible things. And this is what Paul is talking about. He says, we were dead we were reckoned dead in our old way of living. This is the old things that are talked about in 2 Corinthians. The old things that have passed away. Just These things don't lead us to life. They lead us to, to a place of chaos and a place of crazy and a place of death. And then in Romans chapter 6, verses 5 and 7, he says this. For if we have been united with him in a death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Take it back to last week. 
Christ who died for us, if we liken ourselves with Christ, if we're with Christ, and as he, was, as he died, our old self we reckon dead with him, if we're united with him in death, we will also be reunited in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So it's this, this concept of as Christ hung on the cross and died for us, we nail our old self to that cross and allow it to die. That our old pattern of thinking, our old way of living, our old mindsets, our old patterns, they are nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. I've been in services before, pastors actually, we have a cross up here and we, we take our old self and we actually nail it as a symbolic for ourselves to grasp that issue, that our old self we reckon dead as well. It says, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is awesome. That we are united with Christ in his death. See, water baptism is symbolic of that for us. When we get water baptized and we come in and we get submerged underwater, it's like our old self going in the grave with Christ. We're completely submerged underwater, buried in the ground, and then we raise anew. You know, uh, uh, some church traditions believe that it's at that moment you receive the grace when you're baptized. Uh, for me, I disagree with that, with that theology. For us, it's symbolic of what God has done in our life, and it's a proclamation to the world around us, a declaration that Christ has come into my life. I reckon my old man dead. I am a new person from this point on. So he's saying our old self, our old person, has been put to death with Christ Jesus. And then verse 8 says this, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. So it's this idea, if I believe that my, if I have the faith that my old self was crucified with him, and dead with him, that I also believe that I, I rise a new creation, a new life that I live with him. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do you see that it's a, it's a faith piece? It, it, it's not like um, I just come and I, I say, okay, uh, I, I came to church on Easter, and so therefore I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to Christ, but, and, and we go about our life. It's, it's the requirement for us is the faith component that count yourself. We say, listen, my, my old way of being, I, I'm, I'm in Christ now. Christ is in me. I don't live that way. And, and here's, in Romans 8, it tells us where, why we can feel that way, why we can have assurance of this in, in chapter 8, verses 10 through 11. But if Christ is in you, if you've received the work of Christ in your life, his, his death, his burial, his resurrection, which bridged the gap for you between you and God, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him 
who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, which is what we believe, right? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the Christ lives in me. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So it's this idea of by faith when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, we receive his Holy Spirit. And at that moment when we do that, our old person has been crucified to the cross with Christ and is dead. And that spirit who now lives in us, who raised Jesus up and gave him new life, also gives us new life. We are a new creation. The old things have passed away. The spirit that raised Christ dwells in us, and that spirit gives us life. Paul sums it up in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and he says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You ask, how is this possible? How is it possible that I can have a clean slate and press the reset button and kind of start over with the new life? It's possible because the union we have with Christ is transformative. When we come into a union and relationship with Jesus Christ, it transforms us. You say, I'm not quite sure I understand that. Well, let me give you some natural examples because I'm a strong believer that God gives us natural things to help us understand spiritual things. I don't know about you, but I lived a certain way, and then when I got married, I changed. Right? There was something about getting married and living with somebody else and caring for somebody else. That relationship changed me. Whether I wanted to or not to, I was a different man. And then enter my first child. There is something, I don't, I've never been a woman, but there's something about having a first child that matures a man. All of a sudden you look at this little, this little creature who needs you, who can't survive unless you have your act together. Right? And you go, I gotta do different. And something, I have seen it over and over and over again in young men, when, they ha- when they're holding that baby in their arms upstairs, they go, i got to get my act together. And it, the relationship changes you. You look at me like you've never experienced this before. Right? We, we, we know this to be true. There's something that just tweaks us and changes us, and we start maturing. It, it initiates something. And if that's not a good e- example for you because you've never lived that or, or recognized that, let me give you... Another one, it's called metamorphosis. And I know, guys, for the men in the room, I wish there was another example other than a butterfly. Because no man wants to be like, I'm going to mature into a butterfly. Right? It, I know. <laughs> like, I want to be a butterfly when I grow up. Like, I'm sorry. But it... It's, at least it gives us the visual image of what we're trying to communicate. That there's something, this, this caterpillar, it goes into and it has this metamorphosis and it comes out completely different. And that's the idea of what we're talking about. 
This idea that, well, what initiated that change? Um, I don't know what it is for the caterpillar. I know somebody out there in science could probably tell me. For you and for me, what initiates that change, what creates that moment where all of a sudden it's a caterpillar and it starts to turn into a butterfly, is Christ. That's for you and for me. When we become engaged with Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, uh, something happens here. We can't explain it. You, you could run around and you can try to understand about God and read about Jesus and ask questions and get all the head knowledge you want, but as soon as you accept what Christ has done for you and you start to believe, all of that information from here drops right to here. And all of a sudden you go, oh my goodness. And instantly you start to change. You don't even have any control over it. All of a sudden your desires aren't those desires anymore. All of a sudden, the patterns of behavior all of a sudden aren't attractive anymore. Stuff just starts to change. I can remember when that happened for me. My friends were like, oh, you're not any fun to be around anymore. Well, guess what? I went out and found new friends because I was changing. I knew I was changing. But I was changing because of Jesus Christ in my life. My new life had begun. And even though I liked my old friends... What they did and what they were about and how they talked wasn't what I enjoyed anymore. Right? Because something had happened. This catalyst with Christ in my life pro propelled me now into this new way of thinking, these new patterns of behavior, this new life. And it's Christ that gives us this new life to live. It's Christ who resets, start, helps us start over and hits the reset button. Here's the thing, though. The invitation to live is not to live however we want. It's not like, hey, Malcolm, we're going to hit the reset button. You can go out and create whatever you want to do now in your new life. Live differently. Christ says, yeah, I'm hitting the reset button, but now you live for me. That might sound like it's a string attached, but uh, it's, it's kind of like when, when you fall in love with Christ, you realize what he did, it doesn't matter. You're just happy you get to live a new life. And the, and the peace and the joy and what comes with a, a life lived with Christ way surpasses anything else uh, that you think you might miss out on. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 gives us this encouragement. He says this, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. He says, listen, since your old man has passed away since you've reckoned it dead and you've raised new with Christ. Since then, set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Can I encourage you to see Christ does hit the reset button for us, but then we get to choose what now gets added to this life. We get to choose. You get, we get to choose whether we go back to our old way of living. If that is too strong for a temptation for us, we get to choose. And that's why Paul, re Paul refers to it uh, as sometimes a dog returning to its vomit. That's a disgusting analogy. But once God has changed your heart and you see your old life, it's as vomit. 
So he says when we choose to go back, it's like, why would you go back to that? But we do get to choose. And this is why he's telling Colossians, like, set your, your heart and set your mind on things above. Set your heart, set your mind on things of God, things of Christ. This is where your new life is. When you set your heart on those things, you begin to experience all the things God has in store for you. When you choose to say, oh, you know what? I know Christ did this. I feel this new life, this new thing, but I'm going to continue to set my mind on earthly things, on, on my past things, and continue to enjoy those things. The rewards of a new life in Christ don't exist. Church, the life that Christ has invited us to live is full of life. It's full of adventure. It's full of joy. It's full of personal peace. It's full of purpose and fulfillment. It's, act, it's action-packed for sure. If you doubt it, hang out with Pastor Sean and I for a week. Right, Pastor Sean? It's full of eternal reward it's full of love. It's full of freedom. This is the life that Christ has invited us to live. And the Bible refers to this invitation as a call. He's calling us. And here's what's crazy and here's what's cool is every single one of us, our calling is different. There are some things that are common to us. There are principles. Uh, there are patterns of thinking and these kinds of things that are common. But then there's there's a personal piece of it. Just like the missionaries who felt the call to go to Bolivia and learn sign language to minister to deaf people, that's part of the call. It's unique to them. It doesn't mean that everybody in the world should quit their jobs and go to Bolivia and learn sign language. So there's this common thing to all believers in Christ, and then there's a specific of why has God created me the way he has? Why has he given me these skills and this way of seeing life and, the, and this passions in my heart and these abilities? And that's part of the call. And we're going to spend the next, however long it takes, to explore this idea of living a new life in Christ, of becoming our calling. How do we become what God has in store for me? So my hope is that we can journey together to discover this call of God on our life. I hope we'll journey together and develop the call of God on our life. And I hope we'll journey together, and I know it's another D word, deploy the call of God on our life. Some of you will be missionaries. Some of you will stand at this altar and cry and pray over you as we send you somewhere. Because you discovered something about yourself. You discovered who God created you to be. You discovered that these passions and these skill set that you have, God wants to use uh, for the good of somebody in a, in a foreign place away from here. And you won't be happy until you respond to that. I'm a pastor standing here because that happened to me. My life was... I was loving God, no sin in my life, my happy, owned a home, three kids, life was good, and all of a sudden, God's like, I want you to go into ministry, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I can do that part-time, and my life just got miserable until I said yes. It's just part of the call and understanding it. So our hope is that we will journey together for this new life we have in Christ.
I want to close with reading, I consider it a prayer that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, he said this, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. See, as we exercise that faith in God, his spirit will prompt us to do the good works he's prepared for us to do, to make the changes in our life he's prepared for us to to make. And may God give you the power to accomplish those good things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son to this earth to, to die for us. But he didn't just die and reconcile us to you. He raised, uh, he raised alive. And him raising uh, alive from the dead shows us that too, we too can reconcile our old man, our old woman dead And that we can rise alive in a new creation in you. A new life, an opportunity to press reset and live differently. Lord, I pray this morning if there's anyone here who has never leaned into you, never received and accepted the work that you did for them on the cross, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would would speak to their hearts now, would would prompt them, Lord, to to give their life to you, to make that commitment. I receive what you've done for me. I want to live for you. I want this new life in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I also pray that for those who are here today who desire this new life, who are living in you, Lord, would you give us the power to live a life worthy of this invitation? that we would accomplish all the good things, all the godly things that you've put in our heart for us to do. Would you enable us to understand, to see? Would you strengthen us to be able to accomplish and to do? Truly our life is not our own. Lord, it's out of our love because you loved us. That we gladly give our lives to you and and seek to discover and develop this new life we have in you. Lord, I pray as we leave this place today, I pray, Lord, that you would, your spirit would go with us, remind us of this service today, of the words spoken, of the scriptures shared. May they come alive in our in our heart and our life. May we may we desire Uh, the life that you have for us. Would you keep us safe so that we could come back together next week and celebrate you and learn more of the new life you have in store for us. We thank you and praise you in your name. Amen.